joining us for this episode of the Real Talk on Women's Health podcast with Essentia Health. We have bariatric surgeon Dr. Annabelle Butler here. Thanks for being here. Thanks for having me. I want to start by talking about how you got into healthcare in the first place. What made you want to become a surgeon and a doctor? Oh, gosh. Well, I got into healthcare to begin with. I knew I, I kind of always knew I wanted to go to medical school. My dad is a, a medical oncologist. And um, so I always kind of was interested in sciences and interested in, in kind of the human body and physiology. And then once I got to medical school, I, I fell in love with general surgery, which was quite the surprise to my more internal medicine oriented family, but really loved surgery, really loved taking care of patients, both kind of preoperatively and postoperatively. And after five years of surgical residency, I actually did another year of surgical fellowship in uh, minimally invasive and bariatric surgery. And that's really where I kind of developed my love and passion for metabolic and bariatric surgery and um, obesity treatment. So you kind of answered this, but what made you want to go into the bariatric surgery department, I guess you would call it? Yeah. um, Patient outcomes. That would be the the main thing. Obviously, the, the surgeries themselves are very kind of elegant and, and fun to do. I mean, I'm a surgeon. We like to operate. Um, but the the post-operative outcomes are really what's rewarding. So seeing patients come back off of medications that they've been on for years, running a 5K that they never thought they'd be able to do, playing with their children again, you know, those sorts of things are, are really rewarding in the, in the field. It would be rewarding as a bariatric surgeon to get to see like the starting point and the ending point, you know, rather than I feel like a lot of doctors that are incredible. They do surgery. They might not ever see a patient again or know how it ends. So you kind of get to see it through, right? Absolutely. Yeah. So, you know, I meet patients six months, sometimes even a year before they're actually getting surgery. So we get to know each other during that time. And then of course, follow up after surgery. Really, We really recommend that people see us kind of lifelong. So I, I really get to see that whole transformation and, you know, both mentally, kind of physically, emotionally, what people what people go through afterwards. So I want to talk about weight management, but in this case, we're going to talk about weight management for those that would come see a bariatric surgeon. Yeah. They obviously are two different things. So in that instance, why do so many people struggle with their weight? And maybe this is a universal question too. Like, why do you think it is that people struggle with their weight? Yeah, I think obesity, as we know it today, you know, the numbers are really staggering. So, and that's really only come about in the past 50 to 70 years. And so, you know, the question is, is why are we in this spot? Why, why are we all really struggling with, with weight loss and um, continuing to, to gain weight really in kind of epidemic pandemic numbers? And it's a couple different reasons. The main takeaway really from our talk today that I want people to understand is that obesity is a chronic disease. It is not a matter of, of willpower. It is not a patient's fault that they are obese. A lot of my patients, most of my patients come to me that are 100 pounds overweight and they're not eating all day long. You know, this is a disease that is a dysregulation of fat storage and fat metabolism in our bodies. And it's come about because of many different reasons. Just like heart disease has many different reasons that caught, you know, that you can have, that you develop heart disease. There are many different reasons that you develop obesity. Most of them are related to our, our environment. So we call our environment kind of our modern environment is an obesogenic environment, meaning our lifestyle causes us to be obese. We have a very sedentary lifestyle. We have a lifestyle full of very highly processed foods, which is really, again, come about in the past 50 years or so and coincides with with obesity. The genetics certainly plays a role. There's probably about 
40 to 50% of, of the reason why people are obese is because they have a predisposition to obesity. But again, it's certainly not every reason, right? And then the other thing is that things we've done and the things even as medical professionals that we've told patients to do to lose weight actually make us more obese. So putting people on really restrictive diets, you know, those yo-yo dieting sort of things, those actually lead to further weight gain and make it harder to lose weight in the future. I think it's important that you said that people that might be considered for bariatric surgery or people that are overweight, they're not just sitting around eating all day. I feel like that's a myth that maybe even I didn't think of. Like there's so many things that play into it. And then I feel like maybe you get to a point where you do need, you know, medical help because there's so many factors that play into it. Yeah, right. So let's talk about the BMI chart or the BMI scale before we kind of dive deeper because everybody always talks about this and some people think, oh my gosh, it's crazy, you know, things like that. What is the BMI chart and and what does it mean or indicate, I guess? Yeah. So BMI stands for body mass index and it's, um, we look at basically your, a ratio of your height to your weight and we use that to determine patients who are at risk of having increased body fat mass. The BMI, it's really our easiest and kind of best right now way to identify patients who are at risk of health disease due to the, their weight. It's not perfect by any means, um, but it's definitely kind of the, the best way that we have right now. So do you as a bariatric surgeon use the BMI chart to see who might be able to get bariatric surgery or kind of how do you guys use yes. that in your everyday? Yes. So we use it all the time. Um, doctors use it all the time in, in various specialties, but certainly in, in metabolic and bariatric surgery, we use it. So insurance requires that your BMI is 35 with a medical condition to qualify for surgery. So that would mean if you have high blood pressure, you have fatty liver disease, sleep apnea, high cholesterol, and your BMI is at least 35, you would qualify for bariatric surgery. If your BMI is 40, so what that equates to is usually about 100 pounds overweight, then you would qualify for bariatric surgery surgery without a medical condition. In terms of bariatric surgery, you know, what are some things that maybe just the overall, those that might qualify for it, even those that don't, what are just some benefits of like losing weight besides the obvious ones you're healthier? Because I know there's so many things like, oh, your joints, it's not as hard on your joints. What are some things we might not think of? So the main thing with weight loss, whether that's, you know, done kind of medically or, or without surgery or with surgery, the main thing with weight loss is that we know even losing a small amount of weight or a moderate amount of weight So even 5% of your body mass really helps with your health in general. Kind of every organ system is affected by weight loss. Um, The ones we most commonly think of, of course, are things like diabetes, high blood pressure, high cholesterol, sleep apnea, liver disease. But even, you know, moderate, small amounts of weight loss will actually decrease your risk of either developing those conditions, improving those conditions, or what have you. So, you know, it's a dose effect of, of benefit, meaning the more weight loss, obviously the better or the more remission you'll have of those those medical conditions but even a little bit of weight loss helps. So it all counts. That's interesting. I would have yeah. thought like you would need to lose, you know, X amount and then you see the results, but really every little bit helps yeah. to a healthy weight. So what are some myths about like weight loss in general that maybe people don't think of? Like I know for me, I always see like these fitness influencers and they're like, you have to do this, this and this or take this pill or do this 500 times a day. But is there just <laughs> like a simple, it can't be that complicated, right? It's not, you're right. Um, well, it is and it isn't, I guess, would be the 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 backup to that. It is 
is really co- the disease itself is very complicated. Mm-hmm. Uh, one thing would be that there isn't just one diet. So there's a, a lot of the studies that we have on on what diet should we be telling patients to do. The best diet is the diet that a patient will stick to. So whether that's um, you know a keto diet, a Mediterranean diet, a low fat diet, even the studies show that the patients that do best are the ones that actually do the diet. So you can you know what's what's good news about that is that you can kind of tailor you know quote unquote diets for patients depending on their preferences and what they're going to be more likely to do. Um, so some people actually intermittent fasting is easy for them to do or they like doing that and that's great if they can stick to it they're going to have more success. So that's probably a big myth about weight loss non-surgical weight loss. Yeah that is a good point because I feel like you know people the keto diet was really popular for a while but it's like everybody's so different and everybody is so different so one thing might not work as well for somebody. So can you think of any other myths maybe that um, bariatric surgery patients come in and ask you about or maybe even just myths um, from those that are obese? Yeah, I think um, particularly with bariatric surgery, there's a couple that I hear quite a bit um, and that sometimes prevent people from even coming to see the bariatric surgeon. One of those would be that bariatric surgery is not safe. You know, someone always knows someone who had a terrible complication from bariatric surgery 20 years ago sort of thing. Um, Bariatric surgery is extremely safe. It's done minimally invasive. So meaning we pump your your belly up with some CO2 gas. We use small instruments, small incisions to perform the operation, um, which is much different than how it was done even, you know, 30 years ago. It's performed usually by by bariatric surgeons or people who really just specialize in doing metabolic and weight loss surgery. Um, And so outcomes have improved over time with that change. But, you know, overall, the risk of death or dying from bariatric surgery is the same as, if not even a little less than if you just go in to get your gallbladder taken out. So it's it's a very, very safe operation. Of course, there are, are some, you know, some issues and complications that can happen with it, but we get you through those. We treat you through those. Um, surgery itself is very safe. So I guess I just thought of a myth um, with bariatric surgery. I don't know anybody in my life that's ever had it, but like, I feel like people might think, oh, that's just the easy way out. Perfect. And that was my, uh, that's my other big one that I hear all the time. Um, And so patients will say, you know, I don't want to tell a lot of my family members or friends because they'll think I'm taking the easy way out. And I will tell you, it is not the easy way out. It's, it's very hard, um, both actually preoperatively for patients and postoperatively to be successful with bariatric surgery. And so I have massive amounts of respect and pride for my patients that do well after surgery because it's not easy. There's a lot that you have to go out through preoperative, meaning you have to meet a lot of different insurance requirements, both with diet dietitians and psychological evaluations um, and some of our own programmatic policies that we tell you to do. Um, and then post-op, you're dealing with completely new, um, sometimes rerouted anatomy. And so there's a lot of changes that come with that that are, that are unexpected. Um, and even just there's a whole kind of aspect, just kind of this emotional social change that comes with losing weight that that sometimes is difficult for patients to navigate, difficult for, for relationships to navigate. So it's definitely not the easy way out. Yeah. And also, I feel like in terms of any lifestyle change, whether like you're quitting smoking or you, like no matter what, a lifestyle change is hard. Yep. There's a lot of like they have to make like have a whole different lifestyle after, right? Yep. Yeah. So, you know, in, in a lot of the preoperative 
counseling that we give patients is these behavioral changes that have to happen post-operative, like, you know, your much smaller portion sizes, eating very slowly, um, chewing very thoroughly, trying to avoid liquids at meals. Of course, increasing, you know, um, exercise and physical activity, all of those um, lifestyle changes. Yeah, it's definitely very interesting. Well, I've learned a lot. I have so many questions for you. So we're going to have you back on another episode of the Real Talk and Women's Health podcast down the line for a part two. But in the meantime, bariatric surgeon, Dr. Annabelle Butler, thank you so much for being here. 